0: Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. All right, here we go. Grab your Bibles, if you wouldn't mind, and turn to the book of James in chapter 4. James chapter 4. And I'll turn this little thing on. I have the green light. We're good to go. James chapter 4, and and we're going to take a look at uh, verse 8. One little verse there to start gives us kind of the, the focus of where we're going this morning draw near to God and he will draw near to you draw near to God and he will draw near to you it's rather interesting God is present in our lives isn't he God is always present in our lives who's not present necessarily we are so when you draw near to God it's amazing how near he is and so draw near to God and he will draw near to you I love that that statement and I thought about it and I was thinking, oh, wait a minute, God's always present. So it must be the we're the ones that are kind of far away. So when we start drawing near to God, guess what? He gets closer, closer to us. And so, but one more scripture I want you to take a look at. Look at Hebrews in chapter chapter 10. What a great passage. And it's just, uh, Hebrews is right before James, just a couple pages before uh, James. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 25. Uh, Some of you know this very well, but it's really an amazing passage. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near." Let me have you to pay particular attention to verse 22. Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. You know, we need to draw near to God with a a sincere heart, a genuine heart, and a heart full of faith. And so let's talk about drawing near to God this morning. Let's pray. O God in heaven, I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that, Father, now our minds would be focused on things above, focused particularly on the scripture that we'll we'll be listening to this morning, and I would ask, Father, that you would teach us and guide us through your word, that, Father, we might come to know you, and that we might draw near to you, and that we might choose to come into your presence. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name, amen you know the the presence the presence the principle of presence really has three parts to it as we've talked about already the first is god is ever present god desires to be present with you he he so desired to be present with you and i that he took and laid aside his robe of glory and his his amazing godhood and he put on the form of flesh and blood And he became a man so that he could come and spend time with us and communicate with us who he is and how he works with human beings and his great love for us. I've been reading C.S. Lewis, um, The Problem of Pain. And one of the chapters is, is God's love. And you know, I thought I had it all dialed in. You know, I've spent years studying it and and, uh, C.S. Lewis just took my thinking to the next level in regards to the amazing love of God and it's like I've, I've had to read the chapter several times to go, is that even scriptural and I start plugging in scripture to what he's talking about and you know God so desires to be present with you individually he created you unique and distinct for himself And he wants a relationship with you. He wants desperately, as he wanted desperately to walk in the garden with Adam and Eve, he wants desperately to walk with you and and talk with you. And, And I love the scriptures, if you haven't started memorizing it, Psalm 1611. It says, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. In the presence of his right hand, which is Jesus there are pleasures forever. God really desires this really awesome and amazing relationship with you specifically. And he's made himself ever available. But the second part of this equation on presence is we have to choose to be present in him. We have to choose to be present in his life. That's what this sermon's all about this morning. Take a look at the title. Draw near and abide in his presence. How do you do that? Remember, we said there's different, there's different facets of presence. There's the physical presence. You're all here this morning physically for those of you who are here, but I would ask you to take the, your presence to the next level and be mentally here. I mean, mentally in the lesson, mentally in the scriptures, I pray that you'll do that. And I pray you might even go even deeper than that and that you might embrace those at an emotional and a inspirational level and a moral level as well. Is this truth? If it's truth, it's my standard because it's God's standard. And if I'm a Christian, it's my standard because it's christ standard and christ is in me i pray that that's the presence that you'll experience this morning but notice you have to be responsible and place yourself into that state of being that presence god is here you get in your car god's there you go up in the mountains looking for sheds god's there too right you know appreciate Alton. he says just go and have fun I'm trying to get all the technical stuff, you know, reading books and stuff. Just go, I can have fun. And how about remember that God is ever present? And so that's what the lesson is this morning, is our choosing to be present in his life. Now, how is that, that done? That's what I want to look at. Look at point number one. Draw near to him in spiritual presence. You know, I started out my lesson thinking it through and creating it. The physical was my first one and then present with him in thought and word and then present him, uh, spiritual presence. I thought, wait a minute, that's backwards. That's backwards. We need to be spiritually present with him in order to enjoy the blessings of our minds and our our hearts and our words being present in him. How many have ever noticed this in the scripture? Christ in you and you in Christ. The wording is the same, isn't it? We're in Christ and Christ is in us. And so how do we enter into that presence of God through Jesus Christ? That's the first one here, spiritual presence. And what do I say there? We are called to be spiritually present in him. Go to uh, Hebrews 10 and verse uh, 19 through 25 once again. You should be there. It's interesting, that very first verse. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, God wants us to enter into heaven. And God wants us to enter into heaven right now. Now, I'm not saying die. I'm saying spiritually enter into into, heaven. Because, you know, the Bible says, that a person is raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places when they become a Christian. It actually says that in Ephesians in chapter two, in verse six, it says that. So God wants you to be seated with him in the heavenly places. That's why I love this verse. Because in the presence of God, there is joy. And in his right hand, where we are seated as Christians, there are pleasures forever. I love that scripture. And so how do you get there? That's what this first point's about. And so entering into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. How do you do that? It's only by the blood of Jesus that our sins are forgiven. Amen. It's only by the blood. And if you go to the book of Hebrews in chapter nine, well, in fact, why don't we do that? Because it's right across the page. Well, in my Bible. Hebrews chapter 9, and take a look here at verse uh, uh, 14. Verse 14, it's just a quickie, just right, a, right across the page, or the page before. Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. It says, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The blood of Christ Will cleanse your conscience so that you can serve the living God and you can be present in His life of service. But it, the blood's got to be applied. No blood of Jesus, no no entering into His presence. We need the blood. And so uh, I'm reminded of my one of my favorite verses in Acts chapter uh, 22 and verse 16, where where Saul that really bad man that was murdering Christians, and it seemed like he had a kind of a sadistic joy in doing that, thinking he was serving God. He gets blinded by the light of Jesus on the road to Damascus, and a young man by Ananias goes and tells him, hey, you know what? Jesus has called you to serve him. So what are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. You know, there's no way to wash away sins without the blood of Jesus. Amen? But you just hear there that it says to be baptized to wash away your sins. Well, God must apply the blood of Jesus to your life to wash away your sins in the act of immersion. You want to be seated with him in the heavenly places? Well, sure. Well, that's how you have the blood of Jesus wash away your sins. What does Acts 2.38 say? Same thing. Peter preaches the gospel sermon and says, let all the house of Israel know for certain. that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Gulp. Uh, We just just put to death the Messiah, the, the Christ that God sent for us. We got a problem, Houston. Now what do we do? That's exactly what they asked Peter. They were pierced the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brother, what do we do? That's a great question. That's the right question, by the way. (laughs) And what did Peter say? Repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There is coming into the presence of God. By the way, if you go to the book of Acts in chapter in verse 19 that's actually a parallel passage in regards to what happened in Acts two thirty-eight. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 is the second servant Peter preaches you know what he says he says that there'll be times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord when the spirit of Christ enters your body huh Times are refreshing from his presence. And that's how you get the presence. Well, brethren, there's a bunch of other scriptures there you can take a look at, but I want you to take a look at Luke 22, Luke chapter 22. We want to be in his presence, in his presence. And you know, wouldn't it be great to be in his presence all week long, choosing to be in his presence all week long? In fact, God has given us a way by which we can be in his presence all week long. That's not to get baptized every day. There's something really awesome that God does for the church. Luke chapter 22, beginning there in verse 14, when the hour had come, Luke 22, beginning in verse 14, when the hour had come, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him, And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never eat it, the Passover, until it, the Passover, is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this, share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, take this. My body, which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And the same way he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Well, you know what that's talking about, don't you? It's talking about the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper. But here's the, here's the interesting thing about that passage that I really like. It says that when you partake of the Lord's Supper, he's present. And it even goes so far as to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and I have that written down there for you. You can go check it out, that you actually participate in the sacrifice of Christ at this time. He seated, seated, seated. he seated at the table with us, and he's part we're participating in his sacrifice. It says it in the scriptures. Now, honestly, I don't really fully understand how that works. I'm sure there's some preachers that could give you all the technical, big spiritual words to tell you how that all works. I don't know. I just know that it says that he's present. He said it. By the way, you know what he wants you to do at this time? I know. Eat a little unleavened bread and slurp a little juice and we're good to go. Well, not really. I mean, we do that but he wants us to really be thinking about the sacrifice that he made and how much pain he went through out of love for you. And man, Brother Kirk did it again this Lord's Day, didn't he? Wow, you know, what? he had told me that before, but I didn't understand. He gave a little bit more of the physiology of the pain of Christ and that pulling his ribcage up and then his arms being stretched out by nine inches. That's And that was in a short period of time. I'm telling you what, Horrible pain and he could have come off that cross. He could have called the 12 legions or how many legions of angels? 72,000 angels. Could have brought him down in here and got him off the cross. He didn't do that. Why? He had the power to do that, but he didn't do it because he knew, are you ready? He knew you, Miriam, and he knew he had to stay on that cross for you. He knew me. And he had to stay on that cross for me. Because if he did that, then I'd be lost forever. God so loved the world, he crushed his son. We need to recognize and understand that this is a remembrance. You know, since my son Andrew has left, are you ready for this? Since my son Andrew has left, there's not been one day that I have not thought about him. I think about Ryan every day. I think about Jake every day. But I'm missing my son Andrew. I can give Ryan a hard time anytime I want, but I can't necessarily do that with Andrew. But I think about him every day. And I'll send him notes sometimes. And we're planning on going down to visit him. Every day I think about him. But you know, there's someone else that we should think about every day and think about what he did for us and what we can do for him. Now, who's that? This is to help us remember the amazing love and sacrifice so that we'll carry that amazing love and sacrifice into the world and be with him and share with him in the continued sacrifice to bring people to Jesus. That's another sermon. Look at point number two, draw near to him in thought and word. We are called to listen and to speak with him all the time. I love this verse. Look at uh, Ephesians in chapter two, or actually Ephesians chapter four. I got a little too excited there. Well, I really got too excited. I didn't even stick with my notes. That's terrible. Let's go to John chapter eight. (laughs) That's bad when you preacher you not stick with his notes, right, Vaughn? He's shaking his head going, yeah, that's right. All right, John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Ephesians 4, by the way, is good too, so we'll get there. All right, John chapter 8, verse uh, 31 and 32. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He wants us to abide and dwell in his word. Did you know the word of God is the mind of Christ? He wants you, brother and sister, to possess his mind, his beliefs, his convictions. That's what he wants. And so... Uh, now we can go to Ephesians in chapter 4. <laughs> Ephesians 4 and verse 20 and 21. This is such a, a powerful truth statement about any relationship. Verse 20 and 21. Paul says, But you did not learn, you did not learn Christ in this way. What way? By living in the world and listening to everybody and everything in the world. You didn't learn about Christ that way. The world will teach you everything but Jesus. But look at the next verse. The next verse. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. Kirk said it. He gets up early, earlier than he needs to. In the morning, so he can spend time with Jesus. So, I'm doing the same thing. And when I, I get up in the morning, I go into my office, and you know what I do? Is I put my little thinking cap on. You know, when I was a kid, I used to go to a school, and the teacher would go, "Okay, boys and girls, it's time to put your thinking caps on." I'm going, "Are you kidding me? What are you talking about?" And I got this vision of this silver helmet with these electrodes and stuff. I mean, that's what I thought, okay? It's like, I can't think without my thinking cap. Well, Mrs. Clough wasn't a very good teacher anyway. But anyway, so put your thinking caps on. And so I go, you know what? I go into my office, I didn't like Mrs. Clough at all, but I sit down and go, okay, so I want to listen to what Jesus says today. There's a difference between listening and reading. You ever read the scripture? Oh, I got to do, you know, five, chapters today and you read all five chapters and then you ask yourself so what did i just read computer screen is blank Uh... i don't know if you've ever done that i'm embarrassed to tell you i've done that i'm embarrassed to tell you that still happens but i have to tell you i do something when my computer screen is blank i go get back there and read and listen to what it had to say i'll actually do that you ever talk to yourself in your mind I'm glad I'm not the only one. But I'm sane when I do that. When I catch myself not being present when I'm reading, not listening to what he has to say, and I catch myself, I have a moment of presence. Wow, I'm not here. I better get back. I actually force myself to go back and read and listen. I know I'm not talking only to myself here. It's We all have that happen. Here's the key you want to listen when you're reading the scriptures you want to listen and listening means you're processing the information and when Sharon and I talk and I choose to be present wow you guys are slow on the, slow on the draw wow okay when Sharon and I are talking and I choose to be present it's amazing what happens my body language changes it's not just a blank It's great. Sharon loves it when I'm not just a... See, she's smiling even. She's listening to me. See, it's amazing what ends up happening. And another thing happens. I open my mouth and I ask a question for clarification. So I'm sorry, was that... That's Tuesday of this week, right? Okay, well, yes. And all of a sudden, we're both present. It's absolutely amazing. Well, that's what God wants you to do when you're reading the scriptures. When you come along... And you find a a, a scripture that doesn't jive with what you have believed. Stop and go, "Oh, oh, 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 wait a minute. God cannot hear the prayer of sinners? That's what I've been told all of my life. But this Bible verse is saying something different. Who's wrong here? Well, that's a dumb question. Did you know there's two places in the scriptures that it says that God does hear the prayer of sinners. He does. I'm thankful. Because if if you truly desire God and you fear God and are trying to do your very best and you're not quite there yet, God will send somebody to you. If you earnestly have a sincere heart, remember at the very beginning, if you have a sincere heart, God's going to make that meeting happen you can choose not to listen to the guy or the gal that's teaching and sharing with you from God's word, but your heart was hey you know what I really need to know you Lord I really want to grow I really want to be and God will hear that prayer if your heart is sincere and honest I got at least two bible verses and now I'm on the hunt you know why that happened because I was listening to him I had listened to preachers even in the church of Christ by the way preachers tell me God doesn't hear sinners oh okay I guess so wrong I got two bible verses I'm going to take Jesus's word for it I'm going to take the apostle Paul's word for it because the apostle Paul is pretty close with Jesus right and if you're not sure about that you come hook me up and I'll show you listen to what he's saying it'll change your life Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25 You know what, it's not good enough just to listen, but Hebrews chapter uh, uh, seven and verse 25 says that we should probably talk to him every once in a while. I love it when my wife talks to me. My wife loves it more when I talk with her, I think. Now I'm not being mean by that statement, but many of you know that I'm a guy, man with a mission, and the mission consumes me. My schedule consumes me. And so when I stop and go, hey, honey, let's just sit and chat, freaks her out. It does. There's been a couple of times I'm like, I should call 911. She's got a blank stare. Like, what are you talking about? No, just sit and whatever you want to know. I just want to spend some time with you. (laughs) This is an alien abduction. Where is my husband? So, so, so it's. It's important, you know, that there's this conversation that we have with God is we're not just listening all the time. That's good, but we should probably ask questions. We should probably share with him how we're doing so he can really come in and and help us out. Hebrews chapter seven, take a look at verse 25. There's a lot of other verses there that I gave you that will help you see that he so desires to have you come to him in conversation. Hebrews chapter seven and verse 25. Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, who draw near to God the Father through Jesus Christ, since he, Jesus, always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus, now in heaven, wants to make intercession to the Father for you. How many have ever read the scripture? Or scriptures, there's a bunch of them. When we pray, we need to pray in whose name? In the name of Jimmy Carter who's Jimmy Carter that's okay some of you are too young to know all right how about i pray in the name of Richard Nixon he is a Republican that's not going to work either I know slick Willie no that really won't work I'm just saying whose name do you pray to God to in the name of who in the name of Jesus Christ and I got a litany of scriptures Jesus says you ask anything in my name it's gonna happen isn't that what it says? Over and over and over and over again. In, the, in, in three little chapters, there's six statements where Jesus unequivocally says, you ask in my name and I'm gonna get on it and he's the intercessor to God the Father. He's the go-between. Jesus Christ is the intercessor and the mediator. You know what? God really wants to hear from his kids and so those other scriptures will teach you just about how important prayer is. You know, we get so busy that usually, and I I shouldn't say this, but oftentimes we pray when we, we have a need instead of praying just to enjoy the company. Honey, how often do you like it when I come to you and say, honey, I need this done and this done and this done. Thanks, see you, bye. Well, that's, we conversed. I talked with her. I made requests and supplications With an attitude of thanksgiving because without her I couldn't get it done. Well, that's not not real conversation. To be more efficient, I'll just write it down and give it to her and run. Now that's even worse. That's why it's important for us to come to him each day and thank him and praise him and share with him how it's going in our lives so that, that we can have that relationship. Without that, where's the relationship? Finally, the last one, draw near to him in physical presence. Matthew 25. How do you do that? God's in heaven. God is spirit. God doesn't have a body. Man, how do you do that anyway? That's weird. Matthew chapter 25. Here's how you get it done. You really want to be you want to be present with God. You really do, physically present with God, because if you're not physically present with God, I'll tell you you're physically present with someone else. If you're not physically present with God, you're physically present with someone else. It really, it's true. Now, here to suppose. Oh, by the way. As much as God desires your presence, this other joker wants your presence too. You know who that other joker is, doing. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 5 sometime and find out who wants you, who's gunning for you, and he wants you forever with him just like Jesus was willing to die so that you wouldn't have to spend eternity with him. You could spend eternity with God. So it's so important for us to understand that God does have a body. Does anybody know what God's body looks like? Look in the mirror. Look around you. God's got a body. I'm sorry, this particular part of the body isn't as good-looking as some of the others, but it's the body that God gave me, and I'm just glad I got one, all right? So let's look at this passage of Scripture. This proves what I just said, beginning in verse, let's start in verse 34, for time's sake. When the, this, and this is judgment day, when the king will say to those on his right, which are the sheep, the Christians, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in and naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, and Lord, when did we see you hungry and, and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you. And the king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. What Jesus saying? Do you remember when Paul was persecuting the church and Jesus met him on the road to Damascus? you remember what Jesus said? Now remember Saul is killing Christians. He didn't believe in Jesus. He thought Jesus was a kook. Well, go check me out. He did. He's killing Christians. And what does Jesus say to him? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? When Saul was killing Christians, he was killing who? Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? When you become a Christian, I have been crucified with Christ. So it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I am a Christian, a Christ one now. So are you if you're a Christian. We are the body of Christ. Physical presence with God is when you are choosing to be physically present with God's people. And if you're not physically present with God's people, i have to share with you that if they're not God's people, they belong to somebody else. And they have a whole different mindset. Well, you're being very judgmental. I'm not. Jesus is the one that's going to separate people in the camp of the goats and the sheep. The sheep are the, the Christians and the goats aren't. He only separates. There's only two groups. That's not me. Don't kill the messenger. Don't get mad at the messenger. I'm just telling you the truth. So do we want to be present with God physically? Well, then be present with his people because that's the body of Christ. The others, well, we want to invite them to become a part of the body of Christ. Finally, Hebrews chapter six, just so you know that your labor is never in vain in serving the Lord. There's a lot of work that goes into family camp. I know it's true. A whole bunch have already started to do some great work in preparation for family camp some of us are signing up to do whatever i appreciate all of those who do that but notice what god says god makes a promise to you and i and i love this promise and we'll close with this thought hebrews 6 verses 10 11 and 12 hebrews 6 verses 10 11 and 12 god is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in ministering or serving and in still ministering or serving the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence, hard work, so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. In other words, don't give up. Keep working hard. Keep serving him by serving his uh, uh, saints so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So in closing, the question is this. Have you been immersed, baptized into Christ for the correct and right reason that you might find presence in him? You have sought that out. You've sought that relationship. You've sought to enter into Christ. Next question is, do you participate? Do you participate in listening to God's word every day and then praying to him and responding to him? Do you make that a life participation? Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you, don't raise your hand on this question, but how many of you have been thinking about presence in your your marriage or with your kids? Don't raise your hand, please. In your marriage or presence with your kids, more since we've been talking about presence. Well, if you just stopped talking about it, I wouldn't think about it. Well, it's been terrible. I've been really finding out I'm not as good a husband as I thought I was. I hate that when that happens I'm not as good as dad as I thought I was I hate that when that happens but you know what at least I'm aware and I'm making an intentional effort so the question is is are you listening to God are you, listen, are you uh, responding to him in prayer so you can be in his presence finally um, are you present in making a choice to serve the brothers and sisters in Christ Because when you do that, you're serving Jesus. Just things to think about. Are you choosing to be present in him? Next week, we'll finish before family camp on being present in other people's lives to help them become Christians. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you so much for the rich blessings of your word. And we're thankful that you have given yourself Sacrifice yourself so that you could be present in our lives. Help us then to understand what we need to do to be present in your life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org. Or email us at the at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.